The following podcast was made possible by the sponsorship of Teresa Leong Lee and by Catholic Digital Resources, where you can find downloadable faith formation resources and evangelization tools. Visit Catholic Digital Resources at CatholicDR.com to build your own faith and the faith of others. That's CatholicDR.com. Good News Ministries of GNM.org presents Footsteps to Heaven. Life's a journey full of challenges. Sometimes we get stalled. Sometimes we get sidetracked. When we walk with Jesus in the power of the Holy Spirit to the destination that God the Father designed for us, the results are better than we could ask for or imagine. And now, here is your host, Terry Modica. I'm recording this the day after the World Health Organization declared that the COVID-19, the coronavirus, is a pandemic, a worldwide epidemic. In the past few weeks, I've been watching the news, I've been watching it spread, I've been watching how people react to it, and I've been especially watching what is our church doing and how are Christians reacting to this? The question that comes to my mind is, do non-believers see us Christians handling this pandemic any differently than the rest of the world? Are we, as faith-filled followers of Christ, handling this any differently than non-believers? Can the Lord use us of course, the answer is yes, he can, but are we making ourselves available? Is our faith such that God can use it? Can God use us to teach non-believers that Jesus Christ is real, Jesus Christ cares, Jesus Christ offers salvation, and Jesus Christ is a healer? There are some places in the world that we do see Christians rising to the occasion of turning this terrible evil into something good, something that benefits the kingdom of God by serving others. For example, in China, where this all began, in the very hot spot where it began, the Christians have been going out rather than than, than staying afraid of, oh, I'm, I haven't gotten the virus yet, and if I go out of my home and, and have contact with other people, I'm going to get it. Rather than be afraid, they're going out to the people who are sick and others and offering their service. They are ministering to the sick. They are coming out of the woodwork, so to speak. They're coming out of hiding to make a difference, bringing the love of Christ and their prayers, and I haven't seen this in the news, but I wouldn't doubt it, bringing the miracles of God into the crisis there in China. The Christians there have been very persecuted. As a matter of fact, this virus began in the very province, the Hubei province, where Christian persecution has really come stronger and stronger and, and has been reaching a height there. People are told it's illegal to believe in God. 
history all the way back to the beginning of Christianity shows that persecution brings out the courage in us and causes people to learn about the Christian faith by watching how we react. Christians under persecution tend to have more courage, more holy boldness. They tend to be more spirit-filled, in other words, filled and anointed by the Holy Spirit so that they are able to do things that you and I, if we are not persecuted, cannot imagine doing, including facing death, including some of that being horrific death such as, you know, back in the early days of Christianity when they were torn apart by lions um, in, in the arena with people cheering on the lions. But what about other parts of the world where Christianity is not being persecuted, or not to that extent anyways? How are the Christians being Christian in this epidemic of this horrible, dangerous virus? By the way, I do want to put into this podcast that uh, we need to keep things into perspective. Uh, The media likes to make things so exciting that we are going to stay glued to that particular newspaper or that particular TV channel or that particular radio station. And so we need to realize that maybe some of the hype about how bad the virus is has been exaggerated and we need to stay calm, but we also need to take precautions, and we need to realize that there are people who are dying from this, those who are especially vulnerable. There are also people who barely show any symptoms and overcome it very easily, and there are people who show some pretty big symptoms, but, you know, they survive it just fine. The question for you and me, my friend, is... Where does calmness come from? Does it come from our faith? Or does it come from just reminding ourselves, like non-believers do, that maybe it's not as bad as the media makes it sound out to be? Or it's not that bad where I live? Or yes, it's affecting other people, but I'm strong and healthy, so it's not going to affect me. I have a good immune system. We can do self-talk to calm ourselves. But, you know, this virus is not yet reaching its peak. All of our lives are going to be, if they're not already, impacted by this virus. So how are we going to respond to it as Christians? Does our calmness come from faith? That's what should be happening. Not only that, but even more important than staying calm is fighting the virus, fighting for the sake of those who have succumbed to it, those who are in danger of it, and fighting just to prove to the world that Christ is bigger than the virus and that Christ's power is stronger than the virus. We need to, in other words, my friend, really examine where our faith is at. How strong is our faith? How mediocre is our faith? Do we trust the Lord enough to believe that he will protect us and that he will not let us die before he says it's time? There's a lot of conversation amongst Catholics. You can see this in other Catholic podcasts that perhaps this 
pandemic is a chastisement from the Lord. You know, we've been talking about chastisements coming for over a century. Actually, it's you know, down through the whole history of the church, there have been various chastisements that have come and gone. The talk of chastisements comes most of all when the immorality of the world and even in the church becomes so prevalent that the Lord says, I've got to intervene and those who choose to stay close to me will survive the chastisement just fine and Everyone else needs to learn something. I'm trying to get people's attention. The Blessed Mother has been trying to get our attention, warning us about coming chastisements and telling us to pray. Pray the rosary. Pray, pray, pray. Is this the message that we are hearing from our church now? Do you live where in your parish, in your diocese, your shepherds, the bishop, your your priests, are encouraging people to build a stronger prayer life in the face of the coronavirus? Are you being taught that we have in Christ promises? My favorite scripture, John 14, 12, where Jesus says, if you believe in me, you will do the same works that I do and even greater ones than these. That means we should, as believers in Christ, followers of Christ. We should be praying over people who are coming down with the coronavirus and they are healed. And what else did Jesus do? He raised people from the dead. Have we taken that seriously and made ourselves available to the Holy Spirit so that he can work through us and then be Christ's instrument of taking his power even to the dead, raising people from the dead? This kind of faith requires a personal relationship with the Holy Spirit. And our church has not been very filled with that. There are places around the world where the Holy Spirit is very active and alive and miracles do happen, including raising people from the dead. Have you heard about those miracles? Are you in a place? Are you in a church? Are you in a diocese where you hear about these miracles? If not, we need to do penance for our shepherds who should be teaching us these things. We need to do penance for the church throughout the world wherever our shepherds are not teaching us and teaching their own people how to have the faith that works miracles. The faith that Jesus said we would have if we believed in him. The difference between having that kind of faith and not having that kind of faith is... Are we truly following Christ or are we doing many things that are of the world, many things that are immoral, many things that are sinful and saying that they're not sin because the world is telling us that they're not sin. We need to do penance for ourselves. We need to purify ourselves. We need to say, come Holy Spirit. And as I always end my podcast, I will lead you in a prayer for the Holy Spirit to come more fully into your life. But we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come and purify us. The Holy Spirit, Jesus said he would send us this advocate to teach us everything that we need to know. That means the Holy Spirit tells us if we humbly ask what we need to repent of so that we can become instruments of Christ 
doing miracles, fighting the coronavirus, helping people be saved from the coronavirus, and helping people come to Christ because they see us Christians treating the coronavirus as something that's not something we should be afraid of, but in fact, something we should be praying against and seeing miracles as a result of the prayers. We need to repent. Let me read to you something from the book of Jeremiah. This is from chapter 17, starting with verse 5. And I'm going to end it with verse 8. Thus says the Lord, Cursed is the man who trusts in human beings, who seeks his strength in flesh, whose heart turns away from the Lord. Okay, let me talk to you a little bit about that particular verse. Cursed is the person who trusts in human beings. In other words, when we are not trusting God for protection from the the coronavirus, and the only thing that we are doing to protect ourselves is washing our hands, staying out of public places, and so forth. If we're using the human protections that have been advised to us by humans, we're not doing enough. We are, in fact, as scripture tells us, cursed. Let's go on and find out more about that. He said, the reason why we are cursed, he is like a barren bush in the desert. Okay, barren, the desert, what does that mean? A barren faith, a desert-like faith where there is nothing growing. He is like a barren bush in the desert that enjoys no change of season, but stands in a lava waste of salt and empty earth. You know, a a salty ground is not going to grow anything. Salt kills growth, okay? That's what this is talking about here. Blessed, verse 7, blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is in the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters, life-giving waters. Scripture, whenever it talks about waters, life-giving waters, It's a symbol of the Holy Spirit, God himself. So when we trust in the Lord, we are like a tree that is growing in the Holy Spirit. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. It fears not the heat when it comes, and we could substitute in there, it fears not the coronavirus when it comes. But its leaves stay green. In other words, we stay healthy. In the year of drought, it shows no distress. In the year of the pandemic, we do not show distress if we trust in the Lord. But still bears fruit. Okay, so what kind of fruit are we bearing? Are we bearing fruit that brings other people to the faith? There is something that has greatly disturbed me about how I see people in the church, the shepherds, I'm going to narrow down the focus right now, although this applies to all of us, but those who should be, who are charged with, who are commissioned with, who are called to be our shepherds, guiding us, protecting us. What are our shepherds doing to help our faith grow stronger in the midst of this coronavirus? Some places, they're doing things. For example, the bishops of Poland got together and decided that 
instead of like in many other places where masses are being canceled, the Holy Mass is not available at all to people anymore because it is a public gathering and people may contract the virus from other people at church. The bishops of Poland have said, instead of doing that, have more masses so that they are smaller congregations. That's an amazing idea. It's requiring, of course, the priests, in order to put on more masses, to to schedule more masses in their parish, they need to work more hours. They need to sacrifice some of the other ways that they spend their time in order to be more available to have lots more masses. You know, one more mass in many places is not going to make the congregation smaller. Doubling the number of masses will. And that's what the bishops of Poland are saying needs to be done. Don't cancel mass. Think about who it is that is happiest that mass gets canceled. The devil. If you have any doubts about the real source of the coronavirus, just look at what the devil is accomplishing with it. The coronavirus is demonic. I have no doubt about it because it is getting masses canceled. Not only that, it is taking away from us sacramentals. In my own diocese in the U.S. here, as in many dioceses where the coronavirus is not yet that prevalent, as a protection early on, protection, many bishops are saying that holy water should not be available in the parish anymore. This is just an example of how the bishops are trying to protect the people. When we go into Mass, no holy water fonts, no baptismal font, nothing in which we can dip our fingers and then make the sign of the cross. Do you know why holy water and making the sign of the cross and why the holy water fonts are at the entrance to to every church, every Catholic church? Do you know why this is done? Why we do this? It's a sacramental. It's important to our faith growth. It's helping us to purify ourselves. We enter into the church dipping ourselves in the holy water, which is a renewal of our baptism. It's an act of saying, I want to renew my baptismal graces in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. And by making that sign of the cross on us, which we can do without holy water, of course, we are making our first act of purifying ourselves as we come into Mass. And Mass is all about becoming purified again so that we are fully united to Christ so that we can what leave church as Christians in other words as Christ taking Christ out into the world including his ability to pray over people and gain healings and raise people from the dead and do other miracles so why take sacramentals away from us Holy water has great power against demons. Ask any exorcist. Holy water is very powerful against demons. Why take that out of our churches? As I prayed about this this morning before making this podcast, thinking, 
if taking this holy water out of our churches is not the right thing to do, what is the right thing to do? And still protect people who don't have the faith that Christ can be trusted to protect them from the coronavirus or from dying from it. And by the way, we should not be afraid of dying because it's a much better place that we go to, even if we have to go through purgatory first. Even purgatory is better than earth. I won't get into that now. Church teaching, you know, look it up in the catechism. Uh, I also have a podcast that is on my website that talks about, you know, what is heaven really like? And, and purgatory is mentioned there too. So there are ways to, to find out more about this. But purgatory is better than earth. And if we are living in the Holy Spirit and having the Holy Spirit guide us and teach us, we might even be able to skip purgatory because we are called to be saints. Christ gave us the Holy Spirit so that we could be saints, become the saints that we were baptized into being. And when we dip our hands in holy water, when we use holy water for ourselves, we are renewing the baptismal graces that help us become saints. And holy water is a powerful sacramental to stop the devil in his tracks, to stop demons that are harassing us, to use holy water against demons that come against our families. Holy water is a powerful, powerful sacramental that demons hate. So guess who doesn't want holy water in our churches? Of course, the devil doesn't want it. But like I said, as I was praying about what is a healthy, you know, safe way for even people who don't have strong faith to be protected and still benefit from holy water, why not have everybody bring to church with them when they go to mass a vial of water, some kind of container holding water, and have the priest bless everyone's holy water as they hold it during Mass, or have a prayer service special for this. A prayer service that brings people together to pray against the coronavirus, to pray for a cure, to pray for those who've come down with it, and to pray for protection for those who have not yet come down with this disease. We should be holding prayer services. We should be doing processions through the streets, praying for an end to the coronavirus. Back in the 1600s, 1632 to be exact, in Germany, they were suffering the, the evils of the Thirty Years' War, and there was a lot of famine, there were a lot of people, there were shortages of food, and there were a lot of people weakened and therefore more susceptible to getting sick. And the plague, the Black Death, swept through the country, and there was one particular village, Oberamaga, where the people said, we are losing people left and right here. We're losing our loved ones to this plague. Let's pray. Let's make a procession. And they went to their church, and from there they processed through town, praying, and they made this procession as part of a penance for sins looking at this black death, this plague as a chastisement for the evils of the war and other sins. And they made a promise. They said to God that if you rescue us from the plague, we will put on a passion play and we will do it every 10 years. 
immediately, as of that moment, there were no more deaths by the plague in that town. The plague disappeared from that town. And the people of Oberammergau have been putting on that passion play ever since. Because they know why they began doing it. Every 10 years, people from around the world gather there to see this very famous passion play. It's time now with this coronavirus to learn from that example. We are experiencing a plague and we need to have the same kind of faith and take the same kind of action as those people did. We need to trust the Lord. Our faith is in the Lord. And we need to use this time of the whole world's attention. There's nobody who is not aware of the coronavirus. We are one body. All the human beings on this earth are now one body united in concern about this virus to varying degrees. And this is the perfect time to bring Christ to the world, showing that faith in Christ does make a difference. We need to start with our own lives, our own families, our own parishes, our own dioceses. If you are not a priest listening to this, ask your priest, ask your bishop, write to your bishop, call your bishop and say, please don't take away sacramentals from us, but teach us how to use it in a way that's both sanitary and victorious. Building faith. Make it evangelizing. This is a time to evangelize people about the value of believing in Christ, in trusting the Lord. Let's be his instruments of trusting the Lord. Let's pray now for the Holy Spirit to make us into that kind of, of servant of the kingdom of God. Come Holy Spirit, teach me. Come Holy Spirit, renew me. Come Holy Spirit, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, help me to have the kind of trust that makes me not afraid of the coronavirus. Come Holy Spirit, increase in me the gift of faith. Come Holy Spirit, increase in me trust in what Scripture says and trust in the Lord. Trust in Jesus as my healer, Jesus as my protector, Jesus the Good Shepherd. Come Holy Spirit, inspire me to do penance for those who should be leading us in the faith, to grow stronger in the faith at such a time as this, but are not yet doing so. Come Holy Spirit, give me the words to speak boldly to them so that this church may arise victorious, conquering the devil and conquering fear and conquering this illness. Come Holy Spirit, use me. Come Holy Spirit, give me your holy boldness to turn the coronavirus into a blessing that builds faith. Come Holy Spirit, you have my permission to change me. Amen. Thank you, my friend, for listening to this. And if you live someplace where the faith is growing because of the virus, where you have leaders, you have bishops, priests, leaders of the church, helping people grow closer to Christ in this, I want to hear from you. 
I may share that with other people who don't have that because we all need stories of faith to build up our faith. So if you have stories of miracles to share in regards to the coronavirus, especially what I'm looking for is stories to share about how your parish, your diocese, your prayer group is doing something to defeat the coronavirus and lead people closer to Christ. I want to hear from you. You can reach me through my website, gnm.org. Just go to the contact um, form, which you will find under the About Us section. God bless you, and I pray that you are able to have the kind of faith that keeps you healthy, keeps you protected, and not only that, when you do suffer, if you do suffer from this coronavirus or from anything else, I pray that you are able to turn that into a blessing by finding out what the Lord God wants you to do with it. Let your faith make your life different than the people who are non-believers around you. Let your faith, my friend, make Christianity obviously different from how everybody else is handling this coronavirus. God bless you. You've been listening to Terry Modica of Good News Ministries. For more faith builders or to learn more about this ministry, come visit our website at gnm.org. You'll find online resources and lots more to help you know the Father's love and grow closer to Christ and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Visit gnm.org today.